What's poppin'? Um, nothing much. How are you? I am chilling and excited to share a funny topic for or a funny joke to introduce this episode. And it's not really a joke, it's more of a funny story, but it's in line with our decision to introduce the episodes on a funny note. So with that, I will be sharing a wonderful memory of mine about the one and only you, Kat McKinley. And that is that when we were probably 10 years old and becoming closer in our friendship, you were I probably pretty fascinated with my San Francisco origins. Um, growing up there and you asked me very earnestly so is there ice cream in San Francisco and I've just always loved that memory because you were just curious then and curious now and have ever since asked really fabulous questions all day every day Mm. and the reason I share this yes I'm not sure how fabulous that question was but definitely interesting questions over the year still same curiosity I'd say for both of us definitely And I shared that story because of the San Francisco relevance. And in that regard, I am thrilled to introduce my longtime love, literally love, Eva Love. (laughs) Welcome, Eva. Hi, thanks for having me. I am so excited. We are so excited to have you on the podcast. And I'll just give a little introduction. And then I would love if you could take it away with a little bit of Uh, more information on what you've been up to and how you've been entertaining yourself during the quarantine. So first, I'll just share that Eva and I have known each other since we were three years old, going to preschool together and having jolly times in our youth and adolescence throughout San Francisco and have just been BFFs for a long time, staying close in high school and college. And she is like a sister to me. Um, So yeah, that's Eva and a super soccer star and speedy genius as well. She's very fast, fast runner and very wonderful woman. So Eva, um, anything more? Please add some more to your intro. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sammy. Um, I am currently living in Portland, Oregon. Um, I do disaster preparedness and resilience work for the city there. Um, but right now I'm in San Francisco, quarantining with my family, uh, which has been a nice break. It's been nice to sort of have a change of pace and be back home for the time being. Um, I'm mostly passing my passing the time by cooking a lot. I made pesto yesterday um, and pizza dough, and then put those things together to make a pizza, which was really yummy and, and really fun. Um, I go on walks every day, um, mostly in Golden Gate Park, but sometimes around my neighborhood. And um, yeah, that's really the the two main things I've been focusing on lately and have also gotten into bird watching a little bit um, because trying new activities during these times, I think, is um, a helpful coping mechanism. <laughs> that reminds me of our bird unit in middle school where we all, all of our our whole class became bird nerds and learned all about morning doves and the dark-eyed junko. <laughs> yep, with well, Mr. with Mr. Maliako. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll start off with the first question, and then Kat and I will alternate, more or less. So 
the first question for you is, could you talk a little bit about the neighborhood that you grew up in? Yeah, so I uh, grew up and still live in the same house in the Sunset District, uh, which is on the west side of San Francisco. Um, it's kind of divided into two parts. There's the outer sunset near the beach and then the inner sunset, which is more inland. And I live in the inner sunset um, on top of a massive hill. Um, and it's a really interesting neighborhood. I feel like people don't tend to give it enough credit. People, I think a lot of times forget about the sunset and don't think it's super interesting and, or fun, but I think it's a gem in the city. It's super close to Golden Gate Park and super close to the beach. Um, there are lots of really wacky houses um, and really interesting architecture. There's like a house near where I live that's the shape of a hexagon, um, cool. which I think is pretty cool. Um, and there's also a lot of culture in my neighborhood. There's a lot of Asian immigrants from China and uh, Vietnam and Japan. So there's a really vibrant food scene with a lot of um, small businesses and family operated restaurants that have, you know, really unique recipes and super, super good food. Um, also lots of little markets. My family and I do most of our shopping at local markets uh, run by families. Um, it's a super community oriented neighborhood and I think it's one of the best. Well, from what you just said, it really sounds like a gem. Uh, the other day, it's so funny you mentioned about all these Asian restaurants because I love Vietnamese food. And do you, you you guys have some good Vietnamese places, right? Yeah, the there's a lot of really good Vietnamese food. Um, mm. Tons of restaurants. Well, yeah, it's so funny because the other day I was talking with Sammy and I was craving a, a bob mi sandwich. And first, because I think I saw a picture of it on, in Google or something. And I was like, I need a bob mi sandwich right now. But the closest Vietnamese place here in uh, Stonington is 40 miles away. So, yeah, I can't yeah. imagine that. Like, I think in most parts of San Francisco, you can maybe walk 15 minutes and find something like that. So that's so different. It's really interesting. Yeah. This part of the state's a disgrace. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> I wish I could. But bun me sandwiches. Bun me sandwiches are really something else. They so are just good. and with like wow. sweet potato French fries. Oh my gosh! Mm, wow, best. <laughs> no. What I would do for that right now? Oh my god. Well, yeah. Eva, moving on. I'm wondering. I I always think about how, for me, just my experience in a variety of different cities, like I've talked about in other episodes, I went to college in Boston, lived in New York, and grew up in San Francisco. I don't know why I shared it in that order, but I know you guys know that, but just for the listeners. And it's interesting to me how San Francisco, I think, is so cool in the sense that the neighborhoods really vary. Like you have the mission district and then you have sea cliff and then you have sunset and then you have the marina then you have noe valley on and on and on and on and i wonder like do you ever do you ever think about how these neighborhoods vary in such a special and unique way yeah i definitely do think about it um and like i said i went to school in portland and am going on my fifth year of living there and a lot of people in the Pacific Northwest like to compare Portland to San Francisco as being very similar, but I actually think they're really, really different. Um, 
And I think looking at the neighborhoods is one way of noticing that. Um, In Portland, a lot of the neighborhoods feel the same. Even if you're going across town, it's sort of the same aesthetic and um, same community. There are a lot fewer very diverse, culturally distinct neighborhoods in Portland, whereas I feel like there's quite an abundance in San Francisco. And that's one of the things I love about San Francisco is the fact that I can be in one part of town in the Sunset District and be ex- be experiencing something very unique to the Sunset District and then go to the Mission District, which is, for those who don't know, a predominantly um, Hispanic neighborhood with a lot of Hispanic restaurants. Um, they have carnival festivals every year. And, you know, I can go there and it's a totally different experience with a, you know, a totally different community and different culture. And that's something that's a little more difficult to find in Portland just because it's not quite as diverse. Yeah, you talk about San Francisco so beautifully. I can almost just like picture just all that, you know, the landscape and everything. But uh, I mean, just coming from my personal experience, like living here in Stonington, it's kind of a very homogenous um, town. So we don't really have that variation. I mean, we have three different parts of town and you can kind of see little subtle differences, but not in the way you describe. So definitely wish um lived in a more vibrant city like that, but maybe someday. Kat, I think because of how much of a foodie you are, you would really thrive in like, I mean, obviously San Francisco has its challenges, um, especially mm-hmm. for like recent college grads trying to figure out like rent and all of that and jobs. But if you ever yeah. like were able to spend um, a week or two there, like I think you would fall in love with just the food scene and the cultural uh, representation. Um, mm-hmm. But it's interesting because you both, you know, Kat, you talk about Stonington and Eva, you talk about San Francisco and I love San Francisco. I'm such a proud San Franciscan, even though I haven't been there in a while for a couple months now. But um, it's interesting because growing up, Stonington, where you're from, Kat, was <laughs> literally what I pictured as like the beach paradise, summer paradise. And it was like my happy place, my not that San Francisco wasn't, but like, like Stonington was just such a positive summer experience for me. Yet it's just so vastly different in that lack of kind of cultural representation. Mm-hmm. And it's very, it is a very homogenous place. And I think every place thrives with people from different backgrounds and different perspectives. So it's really interesting to like kind of love both, but really see these vastly different, um, you know, makeups. Um, Yeah, definitely. Well, Eva, I'm curious, when do you feel like you started to become a diehard San Franciscan? Like as uh, a teen or after college, uh, yeah, after college, or when do you kind of feel like your San Franciscan identity really started to shape who you were? Probably when I was in high school. Um, I didn't really travel a lot when I was l- growing up. So I think there came a point where I was so familiar with San Francisco that I almost like wasn't really noticing it anymore and wasn't really considering it as like a place that I really did identify strongly with just because I hadn't had the opportunity to compare it to much else but when I was in high school I met um, my friend Reese who is one of my best friends from high school who I met and he is a fifth generation San Franciscan which he's super proud of and um, like his dad's side of the family 
immigrated to the United States in like the 1800s uh, from China. And I think since then, they've all basically lived in the same radius in the Richmond district. So he has a ton of San Francisco pride and Richmond district pride. Um, And that was the first time I was introduced to the idea of like really having pride for where I came from and really appreciating San Francisco for what it was. Um, And most of what I did in high school was like explore the city and explore its parks and uh, beaches. And me and Reese found a ton of really crazy secret places that um, I think helped me form a sense of identity and adventure and appreciation for the outdoors that I carried with me into college and still I think is really shaping a lot of the work I want to do in the future um, related to environmental advocacy. So um, I really credit my friend Reese and my experience in high school with helping me shape my identity and um, sort of ingraining my love of the city uh, really deeply. Shout out to Reese. (laughs) Shout out to Reese. Um, I mean, from what you said, it seems like you have a very intense pride, uh, San Francisco pride. And I think from every San Francisco I've ever met, there's such a sense of pride. I think maybe, you know, surpasses any other city. I mean, maybe actually I take that back. New York has pretty intense pride, actually. Um, But I I love the way you talk about your city. And um, it's interesting to me because a lot of the San Franciscans that I've met are, they don't really go it seems to me that they're generationally, they don't really go back that far because a lot of San Franciscans that I've met in my experience, um, their parents came from the East coast or they came from Midwest or, you know, they haven't been there for that long. So those who have been there for so long, there is that intense pride, like you described with your friend Reese, but just how far does your family go back in the city? Um, yeah. So my family doesn't go back super far. Um, my mom is originally from Michigan, and um, my dad's from Palo Alto, and his mm. parents, his mom was from China, and oh, wow. his dad was from West Virginia, so definitely not San Francisco. Um, but he sort of, you know, has spent most of his life in the Bay Area, um, and then in the 80s, he and my mom met in the city and ended up settling down here. Um, which I'm super grateful for because I loved growing up here. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful you grew up there too because we had great times together. Yeah. Great and funny times together. Yeah, we definitely did. I have a lot of like great memories of our funny adventures in middle school and high school, doing lots of wacky things and going all over the place could you share like two or three of your favorite um in any order yeah um of your of your memories of or yeah (laughs) um yeah of yeah um (laughs) of things we did yeah like just your yeah, yeah funny childhood memories it could be of us or it could just be of you or it could be of Blah, blah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely do. Sammy is definitely in most of my childhood memories because I've known her my whole life and we've been so close my whole life. So um, 
I feel like as much as San Francisco shaped my identity, <laughs> Sammy shaped it more. Oh, stop. Um, and also, please don't embarrass me. <laughs> well, one of my favorite Sammy memories that I do want to share, there's a few, is her iconic whipped cream fight mm. at her birthday party in elementary school. Mm. Um, her mom and dad all prepared garbage bags for all of us to wear and then gave each kid a, a can of whipped cream and we sprayed each other with whipped cream, ate the whipped cream we sprayed onto each other. Gross. And um, just had a really fun, nasty food fight birthday party time. <laughs> and it um, was great. Imagine if people tried to do that now. Like, they might go to jail. Yeah, <laughs> yeah true. <laughs> um, and Sammy is an incredible friend. And I, one of my favorite memories was when she threw me a surprise birthday party. Um, and I was so surprised. I never had a mm. surprise party in my life. And Sammy went through a ton of effort to organize one for me. And it was probably my favorite birthday that I've ever had. I really um, didn't mean I really didn't mean to have this be like a um, compliment Sammy uh, memory fest, but I'm really enjoying it. And <laughs> it, it's making me remember that at that birthday party. I never in my life thought that a marshmallow would make me cry. But I remember that we started to have like a marshmallow fight at your birthday party because, you know, I remember whip, that too. whipped cream one year, marshmallows the next year, and then who knows what's coming after. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I remember that someone threw, I don't remember who it was, but someone threw a marshmallow like, and it hit me in the eye and it hurt so effing bad. You know, I'm trying to watch my language, everyone. So don't make fun of me for saying effing, but there you go. Um, and so, yeah, I, uh, how I does a marshmallow hurt that much? Like, I don't, hurt- I could not tell you. I mean, now I could, but in that moment, I really, it just, whoever threw it really had a, some muscular arms and just, it, it just skimmed my eye. It almost felt like a paper cut, but like on my eye. Oh my God. That sounds so painful. It was not mm. great. Wow. Mm. I think I'll just jump on this complimenting Sammy train because I mean I, I didn't grow up in San Francisco but I did visit Sammy for her bat mitzvah you were at the bat mitzvah right mm-hmm, yeah. of course yeah um yeah it was just a great time and I'm not gonna try and embarrass you but I just remember <laughs> there was a really cool dance that you got you and Abby did <laughs> the dance um, the dance was so good it was amazing right and the boom boom pow and I was just like so awestruck and it was just such a fun time and I just like had the best time at your bar mitzvah and I got a little bit of San Francisco vibes and I I definitely vibed with it I think well that dance has forever haunted me out of embarrassment but I do it was so good I do think of that as fond memories um as a fond memory and an embarrassing one but you know boom 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 gotta get that (laughs) I actually it's so funny okay full full circle is because we were talking about ice cream right at the beginning of this podcast and I actually remember the first time I visited you guys we tried ice cream in San Francisco and it was really good well (laughs) it must have been related to the fact that that was one of the very first things you were curious about uh, about I was was curious about that so I had to try the ice cream we went to the um we went to was it the cliff house what's that oh yep yep the cliff house right is that the name of it yep that is the name of it yeah we were just sitting there and your parents and we were talking about like mermaids and I just oh my gosh we're do you remember the conversation I I totally remember and I remember you were trying to convince us something like that you saw a hammerhead shark and your sister or someone yeah someone was trying to convince us I think it was Anna um shout out to Anna McKinley who I know is a very uh, dedicated listener 
I think Anna was trying to convince us that she saw a mermaid. And yeah, it probably was. <laughs> and I really loved that and was kind of awestruck at all of these unique ideas. Yeah. And do you remember, I, okay, again, bowling time, ugh, I can't even talk, going full circle. We were talking about Asian food and Eva's neighborhood. And we went to get Chinese food before having ice cream. Oh my like, God. What a full circle. That's a full freaking circle right there. And we had dim sum and I'd never, you know, being the ignorant person I am, I've never tried dim sum before and it was really good. So dim sum is the best. I love dim sum. I mi- That's one thing I miss so much is just like having easy access to all the food I want to eat. Yes. Yeah. It's really I mean, rough. I don't know if I said this before. Did I say something about the banh mi sandwich? Or was yeah. that a previous one? Yeah, you, yeah, you did mention the banh mi. Okay, well, going back to the banh mi, even with that, it's like, you know, I mean, now I, I could go get the banh mi sandwich, but it's 40 miles away and I can't do that now. Because, <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, you, neither can you because it's just, it's, and you could, but it's just more difficult. Yeah, like we could, you, you, I guess like, you know, takeout is still a thing, but it's like, it's not the same. Yeah, it's not it's the like, same. It feels more like a hassle for some reason than just, like, going to the restaurants. But that being mm-hmm. said, it's definitely good to support local businesses. I so. agree. I agree. Tonight, my dad, who's lovely, he got us um, – he stopped at the bakery, which is I definitely don't think, like, an essential thing. But props to him. He got us, like, chocolate cake. He got us cheesecake, key lime pie, like, a bunch of stuff. And I was just like, you stopped at the bakery because that was essential? but yeah that's pretty Dessert awesome it's always essential it was so good i hope you didn't have all the cakes for dinner though <laughs> i i did eat i was starving earlier and so i had a little bit of the key, key i actually ate like a full piece of key lime pie which oh, was that's amazing it just makes me think how much i like actually am starting to miss like the small things in life i guess i know what you mean i'm i'm really um missing tacos tacos yeah although i could do takeout but i haven't yet and tacos are just kind of like a part of me yeah like i, I yeah. can't say i miss tacos i miss um chipotle do you guys like chipotle you know no. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna side with you there honey <laughs> no do you like chipotle Eva? um i i don't really <laughs> no uh, okay like that much i guess i think it's just like that's another thing i think is just like in san francisco you have so much like really authentic True. like quality Mexican food that people don't really end up going to Chipotle that much mm-hmm. um, but I do that have a sense. lot of friends who like really like Chipotle and I've had it before and it's definitely good but well you know we don't have a mission district in Stone Queen <laughs> so Chipotle is our version of this mission district I guess Kat we didn't mean so. to we didn't mean to shut down on your Chipotle um, it's love. not really that good it's just all I have you know I, mean? <laughs> I understand so. well you have what is it called Malaw M- 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 Malagra. 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 There you go. Yeah. Yeah. is good. It's just like the, um, I think back to your point earlier, talking about like the just the unlimited amount of cuisine choices in San Francisco, the Italian food, the Mexican food, um, just like all the different choices you have is such a luxury. I think it's like living in a bigger city. Um, But yeah, I think that's, yeah. Pros and cons to small to- small towns and big cities, but yeah. Eva, is there any is there anything final related to food or culture or love or funniness or any like videos or import like 
quotes or anything that you saw that struck like a chord in you? Um, (laughs) (laughs) no pressure. Besides the obvious that Trump is the worst person ever in the world, I don't, I don't know if I have much to add. (laughs) Well, that's a perfect. That's there perfect. might not be anything else to say to that. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I just totally agree. First off, and uh, <laughs> I hope that it, my hope is that it just comes down to people voting. That's what it comes down to. Is like how many people yeah. are going to go out and vote. I don't think it really. I was watching this video today. Um, not to like go off on a tangent. I could go off on a tangent, but I won't. I'll spare you guys. But I watched this video today on um, just potential outcomes for like November because mm-hmm. it's like very important to vote Trump out. I believe that. I agree. Um, Me too. Yeah. And it comes down to not persuasion because we can't persuade, we really can't persuade people who are going to vote for Trump. That's okay. Like you can, it's good that people go out and vote. I believe that. But I also think like it comes down just to like voter turnout. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. And how successful voter suppression is because Trump was trying to force USPS to go bankrupt and um, like there were there was talk that he was doing that to suppress mail-in ballots. Mm. Yeah, that's a big issue, I think. Voting by mail is what is going to help, I think, for sure. Major issues. It's just like, to me, the thing I always think about is like, we are grandparents. They had World War II, which was obviously a a catastrophe in itself. But I just think like, this is like our World War II that we're fighting. Like, we're in the middle of this pandemic and we're trying to get this you know, I'll try to use my words selectively here, but this um, dictator out of office. Uh, and so I think that that's our war. And yeah, there's not much else to say about that. But I'm super with you. Me too. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wild times. It's wild. The one other thing I want to ask you, Eva, is so I know you talk about cooking, but what did you say you like to read during um, quarantine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Or like what shows and like books have you been reading? Unorthodox is great. It's on Netflix. No way, because I I know we were talking about this before, but I love the show. (laughs) It was so good. It was so good. And what was the name of the show that you said, the other show you said she was on? Yeah, so the lead in um, Unorthodox is also in a Netflix series called Diesel. Um, And I'm definitely not pronouncing that super well. It's like a Yiddish word. Um, she's younger she's like maybe 14 it takes place in Israel it's about Jewish stuff I've only seen the first episode so that summary is probably really like you know basic (laughs) (laughs) missing some key details but it's had rave reviews and I definitely think it's worth looking into well I'll definitely have to watch that and I actually speaking of unorthodox I just got the book today so I'm gonna start the book tonight and I'm so excited because I think Deborah Feldman like I just think she has such an amazing story it's such an amazing story my mom also recently ordered the book and I'm planning to borrow it when she's done I'm super stoked to read it um because it's such an inspiring story and it's also just so interesting like the Satmar community in New York is just so fascinating and it Mm -hmm. I'm so curious to like learn more about what her experience was like um and also like what her experience was like leaving that community because that's um, a pretty controversial thing to do when you're part of yeah. a really orthodox religious community. I thought the Yiddish in that show was just fascinating as someone who just loves languages. Like, I wonder, yeah. how, lo- I wonder how long it would take to learn Yiddish because it just sounds so complicated, but 
Mm. Very beautiful and very cool. Well, what's interesting is because I watched um, the like how it was made little mm. like thirty minute on Netflix. Yeah, about yeah, how I it made it too. unorthodox, and mm-hmm. it was so interesting. And a lot of the actors actually spoke Yiddish or yeah. grew up in the Satmar community, or like Yiddish was their first or second language. So a lot of them were native speakers before filming even started, um, which mm. I thought was super super interesting. That's cool. I like how they incorporate people that um, they were even talking about this on how it's made. Um, just like really genuine experiences and people that li- came from, I think, a, a Hasidic community. I'm not yeah. sure if that specific one, but just like genuine experience. I could, again, I think we should just make a podcast just on or- unorthodox. Honestly, like, I so would love to, to just it. like talk about unorthodox for a whole podcast. I think that'd be so awesome. Well, well, before you guys do that, just as the um the time devil, I will I will yeah. acknowledge that we're trying to keep these under 30. So with that, um well thank you so much for sharing your experiences about San Francisco. I cannot wait to go visit after um we're out of this uh rabbit hole. Yeah, thanks for having me and I hope that when all this is done, maybe me, you and Sammy can like go bummer. Party go together yeah we'll have to like just go bomb around and try some burritos and asian food <laughs> Woohoo! all right thank you again so much and um thank you all for tuning in and tune in next time Woo!